This is the Nonprofit Line, community people helping and serving community people. Live with Rod Hawker on My Town. Welcome back to 100.9 The Line, serving our community with information and news from both sides of that Mason-Dixon line. And we love the Mason-Dixon line. And we've got, uh, we are south of the Mason-Dixon line right now this morning with our first interviewee. And I want to say a good morning to Stacy Roan. She's the Chief Executive Director of the Boys and Girls Club of Eastern Panhandle. Good morning, Stacy. Good morning, Rod. How are you? I am awesome as I like to say, and thank you so much for your time this morning and being here on the line. And I uh, wanted to start off just to get a little basic Q&A. How long have you been at the Boys and Girls Club of the Eastern Panhandle? Oh, in a volunteer capacity, I started in 1996 um, in the CEO role of our Eastern Panhandle organization since about 2015. Wow, that's fantastic. So, so you got long service. Wow, well, good for you. Um, just a, a good-hearted person in good service mode. I love it. Love getting those people on the line. Let me ask you, what is your service area? Now, the Eastern Panhandle, what does that encompass geographically? So we comprise um, the entire Eastern Panhandle um, of Berkeley, Morgan, and Jefferson counties. Okay, Berkeley, Morgan, and Jefferson counties. Okay, well, that seems like mm-hmm. um, that's quite a lot. It is, but um, it, it, it gives us a good snapshot of the needs of the children here in the Eastern Panhandle by serving this, this region. Um, it, it's interesting. Each county has um, a little bit of uniqueness in how, how they operate, mm-hmm. um, but it's, it, it's definitely... Um, the same mission across the country. So mm-hmm. um, we are we're here to enable young people to um, reach their full potential by providing them with the resources and uh, the mentors that will help them on a path for a future success. Mm-hmm. And about how many kids then does that encompass those three counties that you serve? Do you know? so our total membership is 1,100, and we average um, about 250 a day. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Some kids come for good. We have we have a variety of programs. So mm-hmm. some children come for um, an arts based program, where others are everyday attendees, and they come no matter what, and they they enjoy all the program offerings that we have. Mm-hmm. Well, the normal boys and girls club membership uh, are coming is is after school. I guess they get to your. Uh, give me what it, what it would look like in a normal school year. Then we'll get into your normal summer would look like, and then we'll get into what we're doing now with the COVID. So what, what would a normal normally look like during school? So we are, we're open in the afternoons after school from, uh, I think our first bus comes in about 2.45, and we are open until 7 p.m. We provide homework help and um, a dinner and snack every day. And then we also have um, arts programming. We have a photography program that is, in its 50th year, um, the same volunteer has come um, consistently every you know every week for 50 years, Holy and snaps. it is it's phenomenal. We're getting ready to digitize that program and um, and put it online so more people can see it. Mm-hmm. Well, that guy must be as old as old Rod Hawker, man. I tell you what, he's been doing it for 50 <laughs> years. That's that's a, that's a good-hearted individual there. That's a lot of service. Well, so that's. The Pat t- Murphy, he's phenomenal. Okay, so this goes to one one hub in each county. Then the two hundred fifty kids, or it goes to one hub. 
It's spread across all three counties. Oh, okay. So it's all spread out. Different schools have, have the program. I got gotcha. you. Okay, so what does the typical summer look like then? So summer looks like uh, we, we open our doors in the summer usually. Now, unfortunately, mm-hmm. um, the, the circumstances are different this mm-hmm. summer. But ordinarily, we're open at 730 for parents for early drop-off. Mm-hmm. The programming runs from 9 to 5. And then um, we're there until six for late pickup. Wow! And then, do you know? Can you give me an idea of approximately how many kids usually utilize that in a normal summer? It's about two hundred. Okay, well, great. Well, I tell you what, you guys are providing a lot of service. So, how many employees are, are involved? Is or is it all volunteer based with just one executive director, such as yourself, or do you have some you know paid staff members? Give me an idea of that format. So it's a combination of volunteers and staff. We have um, over 100 volunteers and then about 55 staff. And part of the staff are comprised of um, teachers. And and we also run in our in our after school program. We run four different school sites in Berkeley County as well. Mm. Fantastic. So the teachers really come come in. Yeah, the teachers really come in to help um, with the academic side and then. Um, this year, we're starting Camp Mariposa, which is a camp for children who are opioid affected, meaning mm-hmm. they've either lost a parent because of an opioid overdose or they have a, a family member that is their relative caregivership because a family member is in treatment and recovery. I got you. Boy, uh, that's much needed. Uh, well, I'll tell you what, Stacy. it's 740 in the morning. We're going to jump out of here for a quick word from our sponsor. When we come back, we're going to learn about some new programs, or not new programs, but programs, how you're you know, dealing with the COVID and how you've changed some items up. We've learned what the normal year looks like. When we come back, we're going to find out what this COVID-affected uh, program looks like. This is 100.9 The Line. Welcome back to 100.9 The Line. We are serving our community with information and news from both sides of the Mason-Dixon line. And I am south of the Mason-Dixon line right now. Stacy Roan. She's the Chief Executive Director of the Boys and Girls Club of the Eastern Panhandle. I'm learning a lot about the, a lot of different things they got going on down there in a normal year. But now let's focus on what's happening this year with this COVID-19 outbreak. Since May 17th, things have changed I'm sure quite dramatically. Uh, welcome back again, Stacy. Uh, now, let me ask you, uh, so what's the, the triple M strategy? That seems to be something you guys rolled out in the middle of the COVID-19 outbreak. Can you tell me about it? So as, as this was happening, we wanted to find out how we could best help our families during this time. And we, so we asked. We, we said, okay, what are your most pressing needs? And our families responded back with meals. Providing meals for their family was critical. Many of them lost their jobs or wondered where their income was going to come from. And in normal days, the children would be in school, so they would be receiving meals at school. And then they would be with us in the afternoon, and they would be receiving meals from us. Mm -hmm. So meals was critical. And then the second piece was um, how do we affect their minds? How do we assist in... Um, in tutoring because many of our children um, come from homes where their parents were not set out to be teachers. And um, and whenever you have a situation where you're homeschooling a child, there may be topic areas where um, where you might need some help. So the, the um, assisting parents with, with the minds was important. So 
So tutoring came into play. And then the third piece was mentoring. Mm -hmm. Um, Many of our kids come to the club because they have a special bond with a staff member or a volunteer. And we needed to figure out, okay, how do we continue that? So so we're working with small groups and doing uh, mentoring sessions where we have two of our staff with a small group of children. And it just gives them an opportunity to, to talk about what's going on, talk about their fears, figure out how they can um, how they can connect and better understand this and then um, be prepared to come back to the club when it's safe to open. Mm-hmm. Well, let's talk about meals real quick. Uh, you've distributed quite a few meals. What's that network of distribution look like? How does that happen? So we initially we started with a daily um, distribution, and as this virus has kind of morphed or continued to form, we realized quickly that we needed to limit the amount of exposure for our staff and also our families. So we went to, in in week two, we went to a weekly distribution where we prepare five dinners and five snacks every every Monday. Um, yesterday was a little bit different because, because of the holiday, we went to a Tuesday distribution. Mm-hmm. But, but traditionally, we were a Monday distribution distributor or pickup spot and each of our each of our um, counties have different distribution spots um, in Berkeley and Morgan County it's right at the club and then in Jefferson we prepare all the meals in our Berkeley County site transport them to our Jefferson County locations and I think we have four different places where we we have pickups including the club there I got you. Now, I assume that they so would... So 45,000 is our number, and that's that's quadruple what we would normally serve in an after-school setting. So it's it's significant, and it's impacting more than just our regular membership. Mm-hmm. Now, are, what's, the, what's this program going to look like as you move into summer then? Uh, we plan to continue because we recognize that that's still, that still could be a need for our families. Um, many of them are... Were, we're finding are, are starting to go back to work. Mm-hmm. So the the opportunity to have meals prepared for their kids is, is something that would be a help. I got you. Well, uh, and mental health is really important here, and I'm glad you're addressing the mind section, uh, tutoring support for the members and, and those kind of things and uh, mentoring in small groups. The mental health is, is a real problem because – more and more, we're seeing where kids uh, 15, 16 are in shootings. I know there's one in Hagerstown again this week, a 15-year-old. Last week, it was a 16-year-old. But down in West Virginia, they're more noted as a, an opioid problem down there with uh, overdoses and so forth. And t- Let's touch on the one program that you've introduced to help kids that may have been affected with their parents or caregiver with the opioid problem. Could you talk to me more about that program? Camp Mariposa is a um, camp program. It's six weekends a year, plus um, w- one um, like one day program in the alternating months, uh, where we meet with um, children who are opioid affected, and they have a parent who is either in um, treatment and recovery or perhaps has passed away, and they're living with a relative. And it gives a ch- the kids a chance to recognize that there are other children that are experiencing what they are and we have um, we'll have licensed counselors on camp as well as a nurse who's there to just to really help um 
help support them. Mm-hmm. So they get they get outdoor education and art. Many of them have never camped before, so it's a, a first time opportunity to to be on a campsite and actually um, have a campfire and, and experience what that's like. Wow, that's fantastic! And where is that camp at then? So we. When we are up and running, um, mm-hmm. there's a, a camp in um, Hedgesville. It's centrally located between our three counties. Um, it's the uh, Camp Tomahawk, the Salvation Army camp. Mm, fantastic. Well, that's a great program. And how long has that program been uh, running? We just received the funding, so we, we haven't even been able to get it off the ground yet because of COVID-19. So we're excited that when it is safe to open um, both our, our summer and school year programs um, as well as Camp Mariposa, we'll be ready to go. We've spent a lot of time um, during this, this time to train our staff, mm-hmm. to train what children might, what it might look like for children who are coming back into the club setting um, mm-hmm. after, after this. And you touched on social-emotional wellness. So that, that's been a key factor in a lot of our training over the past several weeks. Oh, fantastic. Well, you had touched on a grant that you received, and uh, so I want to touch uh, real quick here. We're going to have to get out of here. Uh, how you are funded, and I know you do fundraisers, and uh, now, of course, the, those are all kind of on hold. Are you using any virtual platforms for fundraising, and how can people help out? Let's give them the website, and we'll wrap this up. So we are, right now we have two um, candidates for um for the second congressional district that um, wanted to team together and help support childhood hunger. So um, Dr. Matt Hahn and Kathy Kunkel are running a foot race on Saturday and um, they're raising money to help support our food program. If um, folks wanted to learn more about that or learn, learn more about the club, we are at www.bgcepwz.net. Um, so our website's a great spot to take a look. There's a donation platform on the website. You can donate to COVID relief funding, or um, or if you're interested in the race, you can um, you can donate to Han for Children or Kunkel for Children, and support our food program. All right, Stacy, that is awesome. Thank you for that information. That's www.bgcepwv.net. This is 100.9 The Line.